you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what's up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Life Podcast. James Coe here with you, joined alongside by the magical beard of fantasy himself. Matt Franciscovich, what's up? Hey, man. What's going on? I'm pumped up, man. Had a good weekend? Did you have a good weekend? I had an awesome weekend. All right. I had an awesome weekend. Uh, I went to Palm Springs. Uh, we are celebrating my... Uh, nice. Yeah, man. It was cool. Uh, stayed over at the Ritz-Carlton. Got a great deal there. Um, my wife and I were celebrating our... Oh, my goodness. What are we at now? Uh, eighth. Our eight-year wedding anniversary. Congrats, wow. man. It sounds That's like a big. long time. Yeah. I feel... Whenever I say that, I'm like, man... Yeah, bro, there, I've been here the whole time. <laughs> uh, there's like a couple things, right? So you're like, oh, my God, I've been out of school for 15 years, out of yeah. college for 15. That sounds like a long time. And then and then when you say I've been married for eight years, that sounds like a long time, too. That sounds like a long time, too. So, but, uh, no, I was uh, in Palm Springs. What's up, right? Uh, hey, I just have to wait to be addressed. You don't have to wait to be addressed. Uh, congratulations. You, you never wait to be addressed. I do. I typically do unless it's super egregious. <laughs> but this is egregious in a good way. Okay. Because I wanted to say congratulations. Oh, thank That's you. That's great. I appreciate it. <laughs> and Baby Co. is three? She's three. She's three. Yeah. We left her over with the in-laws. That's awesome. So it was good. Adam, nice. Rick, how you doing, pal? Uh, pretty bad. Pretty Thank bad. You. This is one of the. This was one of the worst weekends of my life. Okay. Wow. I um. How much of this involved Buddy Norse? All of it. All of it. <laughs> like my my two year old had a birthday party. Yeah. It was uh. And sorry, because only James was invited. <clears throat> so I apologize for that. Because right. wow. you only invite you only invite people with kids. Like That's true. you want to invite somebody with a with a with a tot. Like if you don't have a baby. Like I always feel like I would like because then somebody's on the hook for a gift. Yeah. But you're not going to get reciprocated. At least not for a while. Right. So I was so all the single guys are always like, Okay, you guys you just move to the list. But anyways, it went off without a hitch. It was amazing. It was right. really like for these for kids' birthday parties, and listen, I I'll put this on front street. If it sucks, I will call it out. I don't care whose it is. <laughs> this one was literally <laughs> not figuratively amazing. Really was really was great. Oh, and so that was good. good. The Angels won, so they they had taken the series against Toronto. Okay, and Sunday. So you're riding like a, high. Seemed like a great day, and yeah. I, you know, and as the as the as the giver that I am, I said, "Fine, I'll go to church on." This is the problem: is I said, "I'll go to church on Sunday." Okay, I'm following the game on my phone, you know, but I turn it off because I'm I'm not going to silence it because I don't want to the accidental like oh the ringtones up. I completely turn it off. Okay, and then go go to lunch. Mm-hmm. Angels were up ten to whatever. Perfect. And then uh, I get a text when we're at lunch, and my friend's like, how did we lose that game? And I'm like, you better be joking. <laughs> this is the worst joke it is. And they lost. And yeah. what's amazing is yeah. is that uh, this was the second time in a week Buddy Norris had given up a, a walk-off grand slam, oh. which I feel is difficult to do. That stings. Like, that doesn't happen all the time. And then James <laughs> has to text me like, hey, our fantasy team. And I'm like, expletive deleted. Your fantasy, our fantasy team. I don't care. That's, I'm a, I'm a human being. 
I am. But, uh, but it's like texting you, somebody like, hey, care. hey, our uh, our favorite bartender passed away. You're like, yeah, that was my brother. Like, stop it. Like, it's it's like that kind of that's way. that might have been too <laughs> dark. I don't. <laughs> by the way, I don't have and nor have I ever had a brother. That was completely fictitious. <laughs> Um, uh, can I just ask what a, in the hell is happening in this podcast uh, right now? What a start. We're talking fantasy. <clears throat> uh, we are not. Uh, MG Mike out Marcus Grant. What's up? Man, it's humid. It is a little bit. Like humid. The humidity has come back. Again. Yeah. Like, a little overcast. You know, it's terrible. Like, I tell you being, what, it's good for my lawn. Being from California, we're not used to this sort of thing, and it's uh, miserable and sticky, and uh, there doesn't seem to be any AC here in the studio. Ah. Yes. The so. Wizkid from Wisconsin, Alex Kellar. What's cracking? Uh, miserable and Sticky should be like a hipster album title. That's true. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. I don't hate it. But I'm ready to get into it, man. Training right, camp is here. It. You know it's here when you come back from the weekend and have 550 unread emails. Hello. Crazy. The, the NFL production machine has not <laughs> stopped for a GD second over the weekend. And the crazy <laughs> thing, you know, and this is the crazy thing, man. This is going to be um, the last week where we don't actually have – Games. No, the, yeah. We have a game on Saturday. Game and Thursday. Thursday. No, Thursday. No, it's Thursday. Hall of game Fame is Thursday, right? Thursday. Hall of Fame game? It's crazy. Yes, yeah, Hall of Fame. That's three days from now. I love it. I absolutely love it. Damn. We got a, We got a big show in front of us here today, man. Uh, we're going to talk about bounce back players. MG, my guy Marcus Grant, wrote a great piece talking about uh, Blake Bortles, Cam, Russell Wilson, Lamar Miller on the list, uh, Des Nuke, Julius Thomas on this list. Now, necessar- these guys aren't necessarily primed for a bounce back, but they are bounce back candidates, if that makes any sense. We'll talk about uh, whether or not these guys will have a good 2017 after falling off a bit in 2016. We'll round out your show with a round of daily daps, but we start the show, as always, with your top headlines. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. The whistles go. I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Don't watch the news. And of course, I would be remiss without welcoming in those folks from Facebook Live. We'll answer your questions as they become available as well. If you would be also kind as to share this Facebook Live session, that would be much appreciated. We'll start in Indianapolis. Could Andrew Luck miss week one? Question mark. He's on the Colts preseason pup list. Uh, he's had some mysterious shoulder surgery. His throwing program has literally just begun and has been limited to throwing tennis balls, not footballs quite yet. So, again, could he miss week one? Well, he wouldn't say yes or no when asked about it by reporters. This is a quote. There's no reason to freak out. Luck said, I don't know what day it's going to be. I don't know what week. I don't know when, but I definitely will be better. I I mean, that is a about as lukewarm a response as you could give about will he miss week one? Yeah, shouldn't he be definitive? Like, I, I so mean, dismissive <laughs> of this being a ridiculous like, – of course I'm going to be there week one. This right? Ridiculous. Like, I don't even know why you guys are talking about That's it. what kind of makes me pause well, and say, well. He's, he's basically saying he's missing the first eight weeks. Is it? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Severe. I wanna, but when I you, when you think far, about, sorry. like, no, when you've got a, you've got a grade <clears throat> on a curve yeah. of athlete speak. Isn't that right? And what he's saying there That's right. is rather alarming. I like agree. Because like, yeah. these guys don't like to admit that they're hurt, uh, outside of Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, but most quarterbacks don't like to admit that they're hurt. And I, I, I don't know. Maybe he went to the – but I've never thought of Andrew Luck in that way, of somebody who needs that attention. Right. Like, he's, you know, he's not threatening to retire or anything. So Again. 
I think uh, it's pretty serious. Franchise over here steaming. Oh, well, he's, he, knows. <laughs> he knows I'm right. That's yeah, why he's like, I'm with true. you. Yeah, we've discussed. Anyway, I watched the video of Luck talking to reporters, and it seems like he didn't want to be definitive because he doesn't want to have that pressure and then rush himself back, be like, yeah, I'll be there week one. And then that sets a, a timetable for him to be back, and he doesn't want to rush it. Yeah. And he was talking about how he's finally – like he's putting weight back on that he might have lost while he was in recovery. He said, I had shoulder, I had surgery on my shoulder, but my entire body has been affected. Oh, absolutely. In recovery. So right. he's – yes, I'm very concerned that he's not – throwing footballs yet it's the beginning of the preseason right i dropped him in my rankings to i think qb I think that's 12 what. wow that's uh, a big drop i mean dude we don't know when he's gonna be back i'm not gonna same i'm i don't i'm not really sure what his adp is but i'd imagine yeah. like uh, i've seen fifth round yes which is crazy first I mean, six he's, rounds he's i'm not being drafted as a top four quarterback i'm for staying sure staying away Oh, man, wow, outside the top 12. That yeah. seems a I mean, bit aggressive. i think it's also worth noting i mean this is a guy who's still working his way back from an injury Andrew Luck takes a lot of hits. He does. Between playing behind a bad offensive line, the fact that he will get out and run. He will he will take hits. So yeah. there's, you know, for all the great things he can do when he's healthy and available, there yeah. is risk involved, maybe more than, you know, a lot of the other top, you know, three or four quarterbacks. And he likes to stand back there and scan the field, man. He he's bad not afraid. Line. You know what I mean? He's not afraid to take a big hit to make a big play. Um, and I think they've been trying to limit that a little bit, doing you know, doing that whole hey, get the ball out quicker, get the ball out quicker. But I, that's just not how he plays. But uh, man, he, I don't know. He has taken a lot of sacks. I'm trying to actually find out how many he's had in compared to the league since he joined. Give me one second. But I, 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 I do think it's time to tar- start taking stock in like maybe we should move T.Y. Hilton down. Maybe yeah. we should move Dante Moncrief down. If he, For if sure. Andrew Luck is out of the offense, I mean that entire offense. Yeah. I mean, sinks. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think Dante Moncrief t- takes a huge downgrade. I think T.Y. Hilton, he's a good enough player where, you know, regardless he's going to see the targets and, and you would think that he could try to make the most of them. But, man, I mean, that entire offense w- would definitely, definitely uh, sink a bit in but my in, mind. But in his tier, though, with T.Y. Hilton, with some of the players that he's competing against yeah. for your draft position. Right. Against those guys, he would have to start sliding a little bit. Yeah. Well, I, let me ask you this. New Hopkins or T.Y. Uh, Hilton as we New stand? New Hopkins. Okay. I, I, I'm so I'm so on board with New Hopkins. I, this, You're last ready. Year, last year doesn't – it doesn't matter to me anymore, okay. especially with everything with Brock Osweiler. That was a, an aberration. That's one of those – I mean, it's similar to me what Mike Evans was going through – last year in drafts and people are like whoa three touchdowns i don't know if i want to touch touch this guy it's like that's going to be a misnomer on his stat sheet when you look back in a decade i got you Um, how did he have just three touchdowns again and the same thing will happen we have a bit of breaking news here but uh, we got an email that adam gase said jay ajayi is being evaluated for concussion so nothing conclusive yet could just you know have gotten bumped on the head and be okay but Something that we will now, of course, need to monitor. I he, like got, he got mashed in practice. Uh, yeah. Alex, I don't know. If, time, I don't know if you ever found that uh, stat. No, go ahead, Adam. Right. I was gonna say save that for after daps. Oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> right, we have to break that appropriately. <laughs> uh, Luck had been sacked 156 times in 70 games since he uh, came into the league in 2012. It's around uh, like the top 10 highest people who have been sacked. Wow. And All right. He has the fewest games in. He's 11th of those people, and he's the only one aside from Alex Smith, to play in 71 or fewer games. Oh, I lied. Colin Kaepernick's been sacked a lot, too. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> but it's not great. <laughs> well, no, Colin Kaepernick is number two in terms of sacks and hits. Number one uh, in that same time period would be Cam Newton 
And regarding that game plan, that new game plan in Carolina, oh, remember, we're going to keep Cam Newton in the pocket. We're going to keep him in the pocket. (laughs) You know uh, about that. I don't know if Cam Newton's buying in. This is what he told reporters. Quote, that's my edge. You're going to expect a lion not to roar? Question mark. He went on to say, over my career and body of work, the things that put me at an advantage most times is having the ability to run. Now, we'll get rid of all the... uh, the uh, nonsensical hot takes regarding uh, Cam Newton's running ability, which we have seen in Sports Talk Radio, which is just nonsensical. It just drives me up the wall, but that's okay. Um, From a fantasy perspective, what we have talked about, or at least what I have pounded on the table for, is the fact that Cam is Cam. He's been in the league long enough. He's been an MVP. He's seen success. He's played in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I never bought the idea that Cam Newton – was going to buy into the idea of being a pocket passer, especially considering the fact that this guy is a 58% or I think it's 58. Yeah. 58% uh, career completion percentage guy. Right. So he's not, he is such a great player, but he's right. The reason he's great is because he's so versatile and because you can't really limit him in any one area. So I don't know. To me, this is one of those things where, you know, if you're expecting him to be one of those pocket passing guys, I'm not seeing it. And the reason I bring it up is not necessarily for Cam Newton's fantasy value, but for somebody like Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, and we saw last week when Cam was uh, throwing for the first time on the practice field, his first pass went to Jonathan Stewart, so a running back. So they're trying to maybe trying to work on these shorter passes out of the backfield, and Christian McCaffrey needs to get up to speed there in that offense. Um but now Cam has a lot of weapons to, to dump the ball off to. Sure. You've got Greg Olson. Old reliable. Got, yeah, and, and the two wide receivers on the outside, Kelvin Funches. Benjamin, Devin Funches, and I think Cam is a good value at quarterback this year. I mean, he's primed for a bounce back. Last year was terrible. Oh, my God. Uh, so bad. He's going QB7 on average, according to Fantasy Pro. That sounds so, about right. Yeah. That sounds about right. But you can wait. I, I You can wait till like, the ninth round probably to grab him, I feel like. MG, your thoughts? Well, I mean, I, I do think at some point he he's never going to stop running. He's never going to be just a straight drop-back pocket passer. But I also do think everybody around the Panthers, and I think Cam himself knows that he can't run quite as much as he did earlier in his career. Last year he only ran 90 times. That was by far the lowest number of his career. Yeah. Um, Such a big story about him last year was, you know, the feeling that he wasn't getting protected by the referees, that he right. was taking hits mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Um, and I don't know that all of a sudden it's going to change this year. So there is going to have to be at least some change in the way he plays. Maybe not. He's never going to you know turn into Tom Brady and just stand back there and, and sling the ball around. Wouldn't make sense. Uh, it wouldn't make sense. It's not his game. It, it just it would hamper everything about the Panthers' offense. But I I do truly believe that they want to get the ball out of his hands quickly and a little bit more than they have in the past. And so that is going to mean that maybe some of those, maybe some of those designed runs aren't there. Right. Maybe they end up as short passes to whether it's McCaffrey or Curtis Samuel or Jonathan Stewart. I, I do think that we're going to see him run less. Can we talk about, Wiz, can we talk about Christian McCaffrey's, you know, fourth-round draft price right now? It seems as if his ADP is starting to fall a little bit, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that uh, drafters are starting to become a little bit savvy to the fact that maybe Cam Newton won't change as much as was anticipated. Well, I also think people just finally come back to reality after the post-draft hype of, like, oh, my God, amazing player lands in good offense with talented quarterback, and then – actually start to assess his realistic value and ceiling like when he was going when he was getting drafted in the like late second early third round I think people were taking him it has had his absolute ceiling yeah and then now that, that they've come back and like okay maybe I shouldn't jump that high on him like 
you know, protect my, insulate myself a little bit from the fact that Jonathan Stewart is going to see a bunch of carries and might steal a couple touchdowns. Like, fourth is starting to get into a better range for him I as agree. a nice, as a nice, solid like RB two pickup. Uh, he's in the range of Spencer Ware, Ty Montgomery, Carlos Hyde, and Doug Martin for some reason. I'd take the first three over him. Starting to get worried about Doug Martin after these reports that have been coming out of Tampa Bay. I want uh, no peace. No piece. I loved Dark Mar- of Doug Martin as a value when you could get him in the eighth round. Fourth, yeah, fourth, fourth round? round. What? No. Hell no. Hell no. I don't want any piece of that. Although it does fall off a cliff. It's Doug Martin, Mike Gillisley, Adrian Peterson are also in the fourth round, which is like, nope. I will. Uh, yeah, one zero part of wow. <laughs> zero part of Mike Gillisley in the fourth. Mike Gillisley and Adrian Peterson. Come on, y'all. That doesn't make no kind of sense. All right, so there you go. Um, per 49ers. Oh, by the way, this is interesting. Uh, Christian McCaffrey right now in 12 team leagues, uh, going 40th overall, 41st overall on fantasy football calculator is Carlos Hyde, which brings me to San Francisco. Uh, per 49ers.com, GM John Lynch said Carlos Hyde has looked, quote, tremendous. Hyde has apparently read the writing on the wall, I think, anyways. Uh, he's taken his conditioning to another level. He showed up to training camp at 200 and two, 200 and 200? No. 228 pounds. It's the lightest he's ever been at the pro level. But Hyde himself says it's the lightest he's been since high school. Hashtag BSOHL. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is a quote from Carlos Hyde. Literally. This is a quote. I'm in the best shape of my life right now. Yeah. <laughs> BSOHL forever. Yeah, man. I absolutely love it. All right. So what do we make of these reports? We'll start with you, MG. Um, I mean, look, obviously he's heard the whispers and, and he's heard the talk, you know, everything from he could lose his job to he might flat out be released. I mean, that, right? that's been the talk <laughs> this offseason. It's crazy. I don't, I don't believe that. I think he'll be the starter. I think, you know, he'll see the bulk of the work. But I did find yesterday um, our, our pal TJ Hernandez uh, over at 4 for 4 did a really interesting piece looking at how Kyle Shanahan uh, as a play caller has sort of influenced things and in the way he distributes the football. And one of the things I took away from it is, generally, Kyle Shanahan has not just you know featured one runner exclusively. He's worked guys in. I mean, we saw it a lot, obviously, the last couple of years with Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman there. So I think you'll see Carlos Hyde get a fair share of the carries, maybe even more than 50% of them. But don't be surprised if you see Joe Williams work in a lot. I mean, this is a guy that both Shanahan and John Lynch really loved coming out of the draft. Um and, you know, at least on paper, he seems to fit with what Shanahan would like to do offensively with this club. So I think he's going to get some work. I still wouldn't completely discount Carlos Hyde. I still think he's going to be a big part of what they do offensively. But I would expect that there will be more of a rotation there in San Francisco than maybe we've seen the last couple of years. Carlos Hyde is starting to become one of my favorite mid-round guys because I feel like he has an opportunity in front of him to really not only grab a hold of this job, but again, because I think the offense is going to be better than it was last year, I think he's got a real opportunity to be a game changer in fantasy this year. And you're not investing, you know, a top three pick in the guy. I'm saying you're not going to draft him in the first three rounds. If you can get him in round four, round five in, in 10 team standard, He's starting to become one of those guys that I will heavily target, if I, especially if I'm going wide receiver early in drafts. Yeah, but somebody in that San Francisco offense is going to play well, and is the, the running back is going to benefit from having Kyle Shanahan there. Right. I'm just not 
confident that it's going to be Carlos Hyde. We've seen great moments out of him. Mm-hmm. There are the the hit the B button moments, spin move against Minnesota, in Minnesota, <laughs> and. If I'm playing daily fantasy, <clears throat> I am yeah. starting him week one no matter what because that's usually what he does. He like, kills oh, my God, he he's kills so great. One. And then yeah. he's like, yeah, I'm out. He's like, I, he's a good MC. He comes out, gets the crowd hype, and then he goes, all right, pieces. Stick around. <laughs> Enjoy Le'Veon Bell, everybody. <laughs> Stick around for your headliner. You know, he actually, though, Yeah. Um, if, I had, if I'm in a draft where you get the top, let's say one of the top three running backs. Where you get, let's say you get David Johnson. Okay. The fourth round of Carlos Hyde is sitting there. Like mm-hmm. I feel pretty comfortable at that moment being like, all right, he's worth it because Kyle Shanahan has shown that he's, I agree with that. he's, a, good, he's a good coach. You know what else I like about that, too, is the fact that you know the handcuff you want to get. You want to get Joe Williams. Yeah, then you got to draft Joe Williams. And I think the Matt Breida thing was just like, hey, look at this guy who runs great in, in uh, camps, uh, unless we see – although he'll I, – I guarantee you he'll have a great preseason game. And everybody's going to be all about him. But it's troubling because you know one of those guys is. And you know that Shanahan's not afraid to go to the guy who is just the best back. Because when he came to Atlanta, they, for whatever reason, and it's probably because Mike Smith tried to ruin his career, but felt like Devontae Freeman was was not the right was not the right player. Mike Smith tried to ruin his Well, Mike career? Smith tried to ruin his own career Dang. by not going to Devontae. I told him. <clears throat> Right. Devontae Freeman was the best running back on his team, but he's like, I'm going to put out old-ass Steven Jackson, and he's going <laughs> to sit there and lay the dookie stinks all over the jo- Georgia Dome. <laughs> and that's what happened. He got fired. And you know what? That's what – listen, wow. you make the decision. That's what happens. Wow, um, wow, wow. All right. So I'm really interested I, – I know. This is this is part of the reason why I don't like drafting so late is okay. that you get a chance to be like, well, let's see how this works out. Yeah. Let's see if, if, if Hyde – show something in the preseason or how this goes along. Like, I'd like to draft now, and you have to know. You have to make a decision. Is Hyde going to be the guy, or is it going to be Joe Williams? I like it. Somebody else. It's not going to be Tim Hightower, but who is it going to be? We'll go down the five freeway. We'll go to L.A., our backyard. Chargers head coach Anthony Lynn was asked whether Mike Williams could miss the entire freaking season. Lynn told reporters, quote, I'm hopeful that he's not. I'm hopeful that he's not. But who knows? I don't know. Close quote. Williams is already set to miss the team's entire training camp. Uh, what? The entire season? What the? What is, is going in question on? right now? Was it, <laughs> with wasn't like he was going to have surgery. Then he's like, no, no, he no might no. not even miss a game. Now he might miss the whole season. It's just I haven't seen a variance of an opinion like this since Taylor Swift. <laughs> they were like, it's so crazy. Some people love it. Some people hate it. They're like, what is happening with Mike Williams? Wow. Alex Gellhar, your take. I'm a little shook from that Mike Williams-Taylor uh, Swift comparison. I, I mean, I like it. You but guys laugh because that I'm was just, a great tag. Right? It was good. I'm just trying all to come, of you. I'm <laughs> trying to come back to it. No, that was good. What? No, that was a solid tag. It was. It was good. It was really good. Okay, so I think you know this is kind of it's kind of been in the works for a while. Like people were still wondering what was going to happen with Mike Williams. So Tyrell Williams is still the far better value. Yeah. My and with these question marks hanging around Mike Williams, he's starting to drift into almost undraftable territory, and right. you're going to wait and pick him up off the waiver wire. I mean, he's a rookie. He's a rookie in a crowded offense, right? With back injury concerns right now. Who's, that I don't, is who's not, great. not getting training camp reps. I, I don't get it. Uh, yeah, I I think I agree with you. Uh, if he was healthy and, and he was out there. I love. I would love the upside pairing him with Philip Rivers, but given his current situation, I I kind of I tend to agree with you. I don't know if he's draftable Un- unless he gets out there and starts balling. Like we can't really look at him. 
I mean, I know it's it's a good piece of advice. I know it's still you know relatively early, but yeah. can we just talk about the fact that you know first round wide receivers have had a rough go of it the last couple of years? Yeah, that's a good point. Laquan uh, Treadwell. Laquan Treadwell. I mean, Corey Coleman had Josh his Doxson. issues. Josh, Josh Doxson had his Odell issues. Odell Beckham Jr. Kevin um, White. Okay, now yeah, right. I mean, so it's like you know, like I can say it, it's it's only within the last that. only within the last maybe two or three years, but you know, first round wide receivers. Philip yeah, Dorsett was a first rounder too. Yeah. Oh no! But yeah, Odell's the one who one. ruined. Odell's the one who ruined it for us. Well, it was his whole class, like him, Mike Evans, Kelvin Benjamin. Right, they like all those came guys out came and balled out like nuts immediately. <laughs> so now we assume. Well, a lot of those receivers go to not great situations, yeah. and that was the one thing that I really liked about uh, Sandy. Oh, I did it now. Hey, uh, yeah, buddy, <laughs> the Chargers. <laughs> Was that he was coming into a an, a spot where he wasn't going to be the number one guy? Where yeah. Keenan Allen was going to be there, draw the coverage. You still got Antonio Gates, Hunter Henry, guys who can occupy the field and draw attention away from him. So I thought that Mike Williams, of any of the guys that we are talking about, could have the opportunity to go out and be a Odell Beckham Jr. type of receiver because he had a good quarterback. And he was in a good offense, a passing offense, and he could easily step in. And the Chargers just roll out six four dudes. Every year. It doesn't <laughs> Seemingly, yeah. it doesn't. It, it's they're in create a player mode on Madden. They're like, yeah, six four, super fast. Let's make his arms super big. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was a perfect opportunity for him. But now he looks to be more like Kevin White, who was in a, a, a similar situation as well. You're right with uh, Alshon and everything going on, but just couldn't get on the field. Yeah. Uh, we go to Facebook Live. Billy Mitchell, who is a great fan of the podcast and of our Facebook Live sessions. He Thanks, asks, Billy. Yeah, Billy, what's up? Uh, with the rookie hype train starting to slow down, is Leonard Fournette, he's going in the second to third round. Uh, I get that he's a starting RB, but is that price worth it? Leonard Fournette in the second to third round, good price tag. We'll go around the horn. Matt Franciscovich, what do you think? Uh, I am hesitant to take him that early. Right now, till right. till til we see what's going on there. What's the hesitation? You just don't think he's that good, or it's the Jaguars? Oh, man. the offense is not. <laughs> you. Yeah, no, I got you. No, I get you. All right, Frank, how dare you, <laughs> Gelhar? Your thoughts? No, I'm hesitant as well. Um, they still have a lot of money tied in Chris Ivory. T.J. Yeldon's still there to potentially steal passing down work. We saw a beat reporter earlier. Of course, this basically means nothing. But like Chris Ivory was getting the first crack at first team reps with the team. Like even if they skew super run heavy. Yeah, like they Blake Bortles turns the ball over a ton. That's going to steal some scoring opportunities. You're like right. there's a, there's a lot of red flags potentially for taking that guy who's not as like, you know, when Todd Gurley came to the Rams that year, he he was the guy. There was zero question that that was his backfield. And same with Zeke last year, like he was the guy. And there are just these specters of these other two backs who have had some fantasy success lingering around. That's plus, it. That's plus, it. plus okay. Jaguars. I, that, so. it, to me, it's interesting that that Fournette's not in that same class to me because, um, well, yeah, because Ezekiel Elliott went to a backfield that had a thousand yard running back still there. Right, it had Darren McFadden and, and Freddie Morris and Fred Morris, and, and, he, and then we forget too. Freddie Morris hasn't done anything in like three years. No, sadly. no, it's true. Uh, and apparently, he's uh, neither had Darren he's McFadden. On the <laughs> uh, but no, but uh, but the other thing is uh, we forget that in St. Louis too. Trey Mason had a great year uh, the year prior to to Todd Gurley showing up. Not saying that Trey Mason. was – I believe he was like out of the picture at the start of the year though, with a number of off field things when Gurley right. was coming in. Yeah, he w- right. it wasn't like he was there vying for the starting role. I'm pretty sure he was like suspended or released. I think something. you well because who started that at, at, at first for because it wasn't Todd Gurley. I don't know. It was like Benny Cunningham. Uh, 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 I forget his name. 
All right. He had a great second half. Uh, Zach Stacy. Oh my! I don't. God. Think or was he, he on a different out. team at that point? <laughs> I don't these, remember. All these Rams. It was Curtin Jerker McGee. Dude, Zach Stacy <laughs> had had a had decent second half a couple years ago, yeah, and that go. just fell off the face of the earth. MG second or third round grade for Leonard Fournette. Good, bad value. What do you think? Uh, it's a little spicy for me. I mean, that's what you're going to have to pay. Yeah. Yeah, and well, especially if Blake Bortles keeps throwing pick after pick in practice. Um, you know, you get these reports of him throwing five interceptions, including a pick six. You keep getting more reports like that. That price is going to keep going up for Leonard. It was Benny Cunningham for the record. He had 16 carries in week one of that year. He had had 37 uh, for the whole year. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. 16 week one. (laughs) And Trey Mason led led the team with a whole lot of seven rushing attempts in week two. There you go. All right. So there you go. Uh, Adam, rank your thoughts. Second, third round grade for Leonard Fournette. Good value? No. I've started to come around on Leonard Fournette because I was – at first I was like not – I was not going to get into this because, you know, you saw guys take over for him at LSU and you're like, right. okay, that's a system and everything like that. But Doug Marone came out, I believe it was last week, and said he wants to run the ball on every down. He wasn't kidding around. And I think, like, you know, having Blake Bortles as your quarterback will do that to you where you're like, yeah, we're running. We're like, we're not going <laughs> to. It's like the dude who's been pounding, you know, pitchers of margaritas all night. Like, this dude's not driving. Like, we're either going to Uber or we're going to do something else. And so I think that they now want to run the ball a lot. And I, I feel that Chris Ivory and TJ Yeldon, of course, they're there. But you got to give the veterans their opportunity. But you don't want to just hand anything to the rookie, which right. is fine. Right. He's going to go out. He's going to earn that job. And he's going to be in an offense where he's going to be giving every opportunity to run the ball between 20 to 25 times a game and just volume alone. And that, to me, puts him into the third round. Okay. Can I just say yeah. about Leonard Fournette? Yeah, the Jaguars want to be a run first team. Yeah. So have the Browns for the last three years. So have all and, these and Isaiah Crowell. Teams. And Isaiah Crowell was pretty good. And everybody's projecting he, him to he be was, great this year. He was had a good start and then fell off when the Browns got really bad in the middle of the season. But all I'm saying but is the Jags are going to be good. Te- every team wants to be run heavy. Okay. But when you get into the game script and you fall behind – you can't be run heavy or you're going to lose. And the Jaguars have had the lowest-scoring rushing offense in the NFL last year, and they haven't rushed for double-digit touchdowns as a team since 2010. But they're going to be in a lot more games this year. That defense is improved. They're going to be more competitive. I, they're, I know we say this every year. Like, ah, oh, they're going to go for the – they're, they're going to be competitive for the playoffs. The Jaguars gonna... are still undefeated in the last eight out of eight off-seasons, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wow. The jokes are the jokes, but, I mean, at some point <laughs> you put all that talent together, and I hate to put it on a small sample size of what Doug Marone was able to do in two games last year, but when you put in Doug Marone, who was one of the one of the top coaching candidates, he had done pretty well in Buffalo, and you combine that with Tom Coughlin, really bringing him bringing some stability and order to that franchise. I think that if there's any, if there's ever any year where they're going to come back and finally start to fulfill that promise, it's going to be this one. And it's going to be based on having a strong defense and being able to run the football. Uh, it's a great segue into our bounce back candidate series here. Uh, MG, my guy, Marcus Grant wrote a wonderful piece. Find it. NFL.com slash Grant. Did I get that right? That's it. Okay. There you go. NFL.com slash Grant. I was like, is it, Slash Marcus Grant? No, it's Slash Grant. All right, there you go. Um, because one of the candidates that uh, you know a lot of folks are wondering, is this guy going to bounce back? Blake Bortles, 3,900 passing yards last year, 23 pass touchdowns, 16 <laughs> interceptions. Yet, despite the horrific actual real-life gameplay, he was your quarterback nine 
last year in standard scoring leagues. MG's take, according to the piece, a top 10 finish yet again for Blake Bortles. Yeah. Uh, walk us through the, well, the, the thought process. I think it's less because Blake Bortles is going to be hashtag good and more because it's kind of a function of scoring in fantasy now. I mean, because... You mean it's stupid? Well, yeah. I mean, like, at some point, like, I feel like, and I think, I think we discussed this on Twitter a while back. Like, yeah. at some point, you need sort of an escalation of, of negativity for quarterbacks who throw multiple picks. I mean, like, having every pick be minus two doesn't hurt quite as much if the guy throws, you know, three, four picks in a game. I mean, yeah, sure, it hurts, but it's minus eight, as opposed to having it maybe being an escalating scale where after the escalating second one. Escalating scale, ooh. After, you know, something after the second pick, it yeah. becomes minus three or minus four or sure. something. It's um, kind of like the opposite way of, like, how kickers get four points for a 40-yarder and five points for a 50-yarder. Right. You're saying the other way. If you throw that third pick. Right, then it's got to hurt more, right. you know, like, or something like that. It, it's Otherwise. Ooh, how about this? How about this is an idea. How okay. about this? How about negative one for your first, negative two for your second, negative three for your third? Okay, so the number. Yeah, you know what I'm All saying? Right, so it corresponds. I, I get that. Um, you know, so I look at Blake Bortles, and we can all, I think, objectively say that last year was a bad year for him and he's a guy who turns the ball over far too much yeah um the, awful. the touchdown passes tend to come as a result of him putting his team in a bad situation early in ball games and right. being forced to throw the football later so I don't know that any of that changes um and so as long as quarterback scoring is what it is yeah Blake Bortles will do enough to be a top 10 quarterback and we'll sit and we'll point and laugh and say ew he sucks but you know, at the end of the day, his overall numbers will put him as a QB1. Uh, I feel like you should make it so Aaron Rodgers' interceptions are worth negative 50. <laughs> Just to even it up. Isn't that, isn't that the same – it's the same rationale for having touchdown passes four points. I don't like Make it. all the quarterbacks even. Right. Like, no, let, let the good quarterbacks be good. Yeah. And I like that. I wish you could do, like, pick sixes count for negative six. That would be cool. Should be negative. That would be devastating for players like Bortles. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. Which is fi- which is by the way, which is fine. Yeah, That's, no, I mean it would make it makes sense. Yeah. It'd just be hilarious. It would be absolutely awesome. Uh, anyone anyone think that Blake Bortles actually might just completely and utterly fall off? I think there's a chance. Sure. If he's that bad and he's constantly Cap- his- when Kaepernick's their starting quarterback, how does he have any confidence? The coaches are like. Ideally, we want Blake Bortles to attempt zero passes right? every game. Right? How can you have your quarterback be confident going into the season saying stuff? I mean, he's got the weapons on the outside. Right? Yeah. He's yeah. got weapons on There's the outside. There's talented wide receivers there. But but I just think if he completely and utterly falls off, yeah. I mean, there might there's going to be whispers at, at the midway point as to whether or not Blake Bortles should start. Oh, you yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. He's on so, the hot seat. I'm not touching Blake Bortles in fantasy this year. Zero. No way. The, the issues he's we'll had, in, the issues he's had in the past, the way that team wants to shift to a run-heavy focus, yeah. Like which, and also to throw back to the Leonard Fournette thing, I really like Leonard Fournette as a player. I just don't want to draft him in the second round. But like, there's just too many red flags around Bortles this year. Can't to like, it. when there are so many good deep quarterbacks available in fantasy, you could get the Andy Dalton bounce back, you get Tyrod Taylor for free in drafts. Oh my god, yeah. Matthew Stafford falls into like the way late double-digit rounds too, and he'd be a serviceable player. Oh, for sure. Mariota, Winston, Carr, like. Too many. No way would I touch Bortles. Yeah. yeah. No chance. I hear that. Uh, hey, MG, give us your take on Cam Newton in 2017. Um, I, I think Cam is, you know, I feel like 
we're not going to see great things. Like, you know, that, that season a couple years ago, I think, is is the outlier in his career. I think he's going to be a guy, as we talked about, he's not going to run as much, I don't believe. He's consistently been a top five quarter fantasy quarterback. Yeah, yeah, he has. I worry, one, I worry still about him kind of recovering from shoulder, uh, shoulder yeah. surgery in the offseason. That's the big one. I don't know if he's going to run quite as much. Um you know, I, I just think you're going to see kind of depressed numbers from him across the board. And, and he'll be, you know, kind of a fringe QB1 or a nice situational guy. I just I think what we saw from a couple years ago is is definitely the outlier. Um, and I think, you know, if, if that's what you're expecting him to get back to, you're going to be disappointed this year. Because of his 2015, because of his name value, uh, Cam Newton right now, in my mind anyway, is being overdrafted. I agree with all the points that you bring up that the fact that he this that here's a guy that's recovering from shoulder surgery to his throwing arm uh, and the fact that they want to at least you know limit the number of runs which is a big time you know as they've said in fantasy a cheat code right for fantasy quarterbacks I just I, I agree with MG I just think you know his fantasy numbers will be somewhat muted uh, in 2017 I don't know if the ceiling is there. Am I? Does anyone else feel like okay? Here's a guy yeah. that absolutely could be a top three guy again. That's a problem because uh, Alex brought up Matt Stafford, who was it was it was miserable last year living through him. <laughs> yes, with it the was. week to week, it was awful. It but was. there is a much higher ceiling for him where you could I could conceivably picture him having a top five fantasy season. I don't think Blake gets there. No, 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 uh, Cam Newton. Oh, I'm sorry, Cam. Um, the one thing, it's sorry. That's what I mean. I, the one thing though is he's so dependent on those rushing touchdowns. That's yeah. the one thing. It's like I just don't, I just don't. You take have, that off the table. Well, even like even if he gets it, it's it's too volatile. Like it's it's too volatile. You can't really expect it every okay. week. And similar to what Stafford was doing last year, and I'm sorry. I, um, in the comparison, is Stafford was having those games where he would only throw one touchdown, but Stafford at least gives you a little bit with the passing yards. Cam Newton could be very efficient and very effective and throw for 187 yards, have a touchdown, maybe throw a pick, but if he doesn't get the rushing yards for you. Right. Maybe he has 30 rushing yards or something, but it's – Yeah. But, but even in, in 2017, will he get that? We're not sure. We're yeah, not sure. As much as he says he wants to run, you never know what's going to happen. It's I just I just think at the end of the day with a guy like Cam, like when he's in a situation where he has to make a quick decision, he's going to rely on his instincts. Yeah, and, and, and that's go the run. With his legs. Yeah, right. Absolutely. I would right. say he's been thing, so phenomenal. Even yeah. if he doesn't have as many rushing yards, the bigger factor for him would be rushing touchdowns because yes. standard scoring those are still six points, Good and point. if they get to the goal line. Cam might just call his own number a couple times, That's or what I'm he saying. scrambles and gets in, or he just does the Tom Brady plunge. And if, sp- if he if he with that gigantic frame, you know, pokes his head into the end zone five different times, yeah, that's a lot of point, lot more points than a quarterback like True. Phil Rivers or Matt Stafford, somebody else who's not going to run as much. Especially now with all the weapons they have, the defense is going to have to pay attention elsewhere other than Cam running up the middle at the goal line. You know? uh, he was the QB seventeen last year, which surprised me. I didn't realize that he was. You know, that bad? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because he seems so fantasy relevant, but really when you think about it, QB7, he's utterly irrelevant uh, for fantasy purposes. I'm trying to look up where he's getting drafted right now. So in 12-team 12, in 12 team leagues, he, he's being drafted in the top 85, right? So a top 100 player. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're in a 12-team league, uh, he's going at the end of round 7, early round 8. If you're in a 10-team league, that's like, you know, round 9, round 10 territory. So... Uh, in his same class, we're looking at guys like Russell Wilson, Ben Roethlisberger, and Jameis Winston. Damn, that's tough. Yeah, that is tough. 
Because it's like if you're if you get to the tenth round and you're like I'm ready to take a quarterback now, and you Russell to, Wilson, you have ben to decide between James, those yeah. four guys. That's not yeah. I yeah. think it would come down to Wilson or Cam for me, probably. Not I, Ben. Not I like big Wilson ben. a little bit more. Yeah, I think I like Wilson more because hmm. he can throw the deep ball. I just you know what though, but I've just had such bad luck with Cam. I've had bad luck with quarterbacks a lot of the time. Um, just the. The volatility seems to be – I get it that he does have those rushing touchdowns, and yeah. it's great when it happens. But, right. man, he's tough. To, he really is tough to live with week to week. Oh, it, yeah. It's, Big time. Big time. Uh, I'll say this. I like the week to week upside, and I know it's going to be super volatile uh, regarding Ben Roethlisberger. Now, obviously, when he goes on the road, you kind of you, know, you might right. want to hedge your bets a little bit. But uh, the fact that he gets Martavis Bryant back, at least we think, at least we hope, um, True, and, and you know, if we could get a full season of, of Le'Veon Bell as well, I don't know, man. I, I just I like the positional upside of Ben Roethlisberger. If he's there, you know, if I could wait on Big Ben, if I could get him in the tenth round, I'll take, I'll take. Yeah. All right. So we've beaten Cam Cam Newton into the, and yeah. it's so right. sad because he's just, he's such I a love great, you know, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm such a huge fan of his. You know I what I'm love, saying? I love playing, but uh, for fantasy purposes, I broke up with him in fantasy. I think yeah. a couple of years ago. Like um, it's just it was just too much. <laughs> uh, Russell Wilson is another quarterback uh, that is at least a bounce back candidate. Uh, I'll, I'll direct you to the website nfl.com/grant for you to find the analysis from MG. But the overall view is that Russell Wilson should be a top tenish quarterback we'll go to the running back position Todd Gurley I feel like we we've beaten into the ground as well uh MG you've got him predicted as a top 25 ish uh running back if I'm not you know miss um yeah I mean there's just there's still so much uncertainty in what the Rams want to do with McVay and yeah you know there's on on the one hand you hear that maybe they're going to use Todd Gurley more in the passing game but then you think you know there's they're trying to find their west coast version of Chris Thompson that may not be Gurley right Lance, Lance um, Dunbar Lance maybe. Dunbar right so i don't know there's there's just a lot of uncertainty there on top of it can can they open holes for him uh will he show the same confidence he had his rookie year there's there's just a lot to to kind of figure out talk to me about Lamar Miller though you've got him projected um and this is a big number 1308 yeah i mean i think i think really Maybe it's too simple to say that, you know, the change at quarterback is going to have such a major impact, but I really do believe it. I mean, I really do believe that uh, having somebody new under center is going to change the complete outlook. I mean, you could just see by the end of last year the frustration. You could see it with New Hopkins. You could see it all over that offense, the frustration that their quarterback – couldn't move the offense, couldn't deliver the football, and that impacted everything they did. At the same time, Miller himself, I think, kind of wore down. He got that workload that so many of us had wanted him to get when he was in Miami. It never really happened. Um, It happened last year, and by the end of the year, he looked like he was kind of worn down. So I think they will help keep him fresh with Deontay Foreman being there. He'll get some of that work there just to kind of keep Miller, uh, you know, ready to go. Yeah, I did say the eight touchdowns. My one fear, though, is that Foreman ends up being that goal line back and maybe takes some of those away from him, so that certainly is a concern. But I just do think that with a slightly lighter workload and hopefully a quarterback that can take some of the pressure off of him, yeah. that you'll start to see Lamar Miller be the guy that we always hoped he could be. How about this? I mean, eight total doesn't sound too bad, right? We're talking about maybe five on the ground, three yeah. through the air. It's, that's possible. I, th- I, I think that's doable. I don't know. That's doable. That that seems like a high total for me. I it's a ceiling. A, what could be a very low scoring offense once again? He had six last year. Yeah, total. 
Exactly. <laughs> so two more? You don't see two? They were like one of the worst teams in the right. Zone. But, but he got a lot of volume though last Duke year. New Hopkins is still in the mix. They've got Dante Foreman. Like yeah. Deshaun Watson can run. Yep. We, Will Fuller might learn to catch more uh, consistently. <laughs> so like, there's there's there are options there. It just feels like giving eight touchdowns to him on a potentially low scoring offense. I feel like either starting Tom Savage or a rookie is. Questionable. Uh, to me, I think it's a, I think it's a ceiling. I think I think MG got the ceiling. Right? Yeah, thirteen hundred and eight. That sounds like a ceiling to me. So. I'm scared of Lamar Miller this year, though. Yeah. How about Jeremy Hill though? Last year had eight hundred thirty nine rush yards, nine <laughs> rushing TDs. That's crazy. Yeah. He finished as a top twenty running back because, in large part, due to those ground scores. Uh, MG, your take on Jeremy Hill? If I could paraphrase you, I think you said Jeremy Hill is dead. Yeah. You know, <laughs> this but what is dead may never die. <laughs> so you know he's getting eight yes. touchdowns this year. This is a guy that's going to get eight touchdowns. He's, he's yes. gonna, he could really like fall forward into the end zone like eight times this year. I just, you know, I, I think this is sooner rather than later going to become the Joe Mixon show. Hill's going to be a rotational back, and, and you know, maybe maybe that's what saves his value. That's sort of what saved his value the last couple of years is being that guy who finds his way into the end zone because he hasn't really done much else of note since his rookie season, uh, if that continues, then he will still have you know a modicum of fantasy value. But, you know, at this point, I think we've seen what he is the last couple of years. And as much as the Bengals try to talk him up and say we're going to make him a big part of what we do, yeah. I'm just – the performance doesn't warrant that. Like, I just – I'm not buying it. And I just – like I said, I think this becomes the Joe Mixon show sooner rather than later. All right. Can, so can we just use this opportunity to talk about the fact that Gio Bernard is back on the field and, and apparently people healthy. are saying he looks amazing right. making cuts and, like, speeding around the field, which a week ago the story was Gio's going to miss the first few weeks of the season and all of a sudden he's back there doing things. Yeah. It's weird. I, I like, they bring in a guy – who can do everything that he can and mm-hmm. was doing it really well at a college level. And suddenly, he's healthy as an ox. Like, that just, hey! that just crowds the situation even more. Look at me. <laughs> yeah. It's a good point. That's a very um, good point. I want to say, I want to give a shout because while we're talking about Hill, uh, Joe Goodberry, if you guys don't follow him on Twitter, is at Joe Goodberry, just like it sounds, spelled exactly like it sounds, uh, sounds J-O-E. Uh, very smart and Bengals writer, very close to the team, has been doing a lot of the stuff. He projected the Bengals running backs, especially based on this Bernard news, for 165 carries for Mixon, 150 for Geo, and 75 for Hill. He thinks it's going to be a pretty clear committee split from what he knows about the team and how they have these backs and doing that stuff. So. All right, let's say let's say Joe Mixon gets you know 160 ish, 170 carries. Yeah, is he worth it? From a fantasy perspective, given his price tag right now, because he's going. He's got like a round three ADP these yeah, days. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's going in round three. Um, it seems as if that would cap his value, no? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd be concerned at that level, especially with, I mean, part of, I think, why people were getting so hyper on Mixon was we didn't know Bernard's health status before training camp. And now that he's point. coming back out and balling around, yeah. Yeah. We, like he's been a very good player for this team uh, for the last several years, whether it's been in a limited workload or a more featured capacity years ago. So, like, and they might not want to saddle Mixon with a ton of carries right away as a rookie and risk, like, creating Jeremy Hill 2.0. Not that they're the same player, but that could be in the team's mind. So, I don't know. This this we're gonna have to watch the split in the preseason games and stuff. But this Bernard coming back and somebody like Joe thinking that it could be split like that has me concerned. If yeah. Mixon at his current ADP. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right, let's go to the wide receiver position. Des Bryant last year, 796 receiving yards. Uh, despite that, lo- despite that low yardage total, still had eight receiving touchdowns, which is 
That's just bananas. It's just bananas for a wide receiver to get eight receiving touchdowns. I mean, and we're talking about Des Bryant in a low-volume passing attack. It's just craziness. Uh, top 25 wide receiver last year. Uh, MG, your takeaways on his 2016, and what do you project in 2017? Well, my biggest thing is that for Des, he just he just has to stay healthy, and that the last couple of seasons has sort of been an issue for him, just staying on the field. Yep. Um, and I think I, I feel like that at least had some sort of impact on the chemistry of working with Dak Prescott, just because oh, he physically wasn't there. And we yeah. saw Cole Beasley start to get a, a larger target share in that offense. Um, you know, so I, I think that as long as those two are together, da- uh, Dak and Dez, and get that work, then I think you know, you're going to see Dez continue to get a large share of the targets. We know he, he just has a nose for the end zone. He's yep. shown that throughout his career. Um, so it's really just a matter of if, if he can get back to that range. I don't know that he gets back to the you know, 130, 140 targets that he was seeing when Tony Romo was the quarterback. It's a different offense. Now they're still going to be run heavy. You're still going to work Ezekiel Elliott so much into what they do. But if if Dez can get back in the range of you know 100 to 115 targets, I think you start to see him get back at least closer to that thousand yard mark. Even if he doesn't get there, so he gets closer to thousand yards. If he can still stay around eight to ten touchdowns, I think you know that's a pretty good output for him. He's so elite around the red zone. He's man. one of the best in the league. I mean, like you said, Marcus, when he was scoring all those touchdowns, he has had in games where he's put in his seasons, he's been in the league for seven years. He's had five seasons with at least play, with playing at least thirteen games, and yeah. this past one was his lowest touchdown total at, at eight. eight. Right. Otherwise, <laughs> it was nine, twelve, thirteen, sixteen. He's insane. And his and when you look at him for fantasy, he's a better standard option because, like you said, his targets are going to depress. He's never been a massive target guy. Like he's never had a hundred receptions. He, no, he's no. It's ninety two and ninety three were his highest. Yeah. But even in a couple of those years with Romo, two thousand twelve, only one hundred thirty eight targets. Twenty fourteen, only one hundred thirty six. Yeah. But because of his scoring prowess. It makes him such a better option. And, like, the team will still turn to him around the red zone. Like, teams will, you know, teams might stack it up to uh, stop Ezekiel Elliott, and then Dak will just go boop. Yep. Des Bryant. There he is. Uh, right now, he's got an ADP in the late second round. Uh, his, you know, his comp in that area, T.Y. Hilton and Amari Cooper. I'll tell you what, given <laughs> the Andrew Luck, given the Andrew Luck news, uh, and given the fact that Amari Cooper still has Michael Crabtree there, you know, hogging up all those all those looks, give me Des Bryant all day long compared yeah. to those two guys. Yeah, I, I kind of feel, I feel the safest about him. Cooper probably has the highest ceiling of those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if Luck is healthy for the first season, I'd probably take Ty first among them. But as things stand right now, I think Des is probably at the end of round two, the one to grab there. But Doug Baldwin's also in that mix too. Yeah, people are taking but Doug Baldwin a little later. You know, they're taking them, you know, in that, you know, mid-third round, Just which keep, is... keep disrespect and angry Doug, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, to jump back, we didn't really touch on Russell Wilson, but why I think he's great, I think I might have them the highest out of all of us at a, among our quarterback rankings, yeah. is that that offense has continued to gain more pass attempts. They finally figured out what to do with Jimmy Graham last year, and we saw him return to the Jimmy Graham of old. And their backfield is just a mess right now. So what are they going to lean on when they need to win games more? The arm of Russell Wilson. You also got Paul Richardson ascended in the playoffs last year, and Tyler Lockett, if he can return fully healthy, is another great weapon. That's all of a sudden a loaded passing offense with a bunch of question marks in the backfield. Like, this could be a, a, a great season for Russell Wilson. Uh, we've hit on Nuke Hopkins a little bit and talking about Lamar Miller. Uh, the other player on MG's list would be Julius Thomas, but – Look, I, I, I hate to spoil it, but, you know, Julius Thomas is going to be waiver wire fodder. So if you want to read the Spoiler entire alert. <laughs> if you want to read the entire list, NFL.com slash Grant. All right, let's close out your show with a round of Daily Daps. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the Daily Daps and Hook. Give me daps because I be scribbling right. 
All right, daily dap time. We shall start with MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. What's up? Uh, a couple things. One, I'm not going to spoil it, but last night's episode of Game of Thrones, my goodness. Lit. Um, spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it. Just what say is, what happened. Way to spoil it, bro. <laughs> I'm just going to say that uh, somebody died. Well, I had no idea the episode was going to be lit. How dare you? <laughs> um, hey, the blonde chick died. On an episode, uh, on a show built around terrible people doing terrible things to one another, this one uh, featured a lot of terrible people doing the ultimately terrible things to, to one another. Okay. Um, with with one hell of a mic drop at the end of it, I'll say that. What, yeah. did they have a wedding and not have an open bar? Right, exactly. Exactly. That was the quote. <laughs> That's what the red wedding is, right? <laughs> that was the quote. It was woke. a cash bar. <laughs> a, cash, a cash bar that only serves caps off. <laughs> um... Also, uh, I want to give Daily Dap to a couple of coworkers. Uh, okay. I, I did a little project that I put out over the weekend or over on Friday that oh, I was shoot. really excited about. Yeah. Um, but thanks to uh, Dylan Milner and Brandon Marcus for helping me put together the Choose Your Own Adventure story. That, Have you guys uh, seen this thing? Yeah, it was awesome. It was like a lot of fun. Holy so, hell. Um, I didn't even know you could do that. Like, Daily yeah. Daps to Marcus Grant. It's, yeah, something that I, it's something I had in mind for a while. I was trying to get it together. And just like a big, big thanks to Dylan and Brandon for helping me put that together. Uh, I'm really excited about for it. those folks who have not seen this thing it's on youtube marcus grant wrote a choose your own adventure fantasy story um, it's my pinned tweet by the way you just go to my twitter page yeah so pin. at marcus g but man this thing is this thing is wildly creative wildly creative uh, i would highly recommend uh, you guys go to Marcus's Twitter and, and go check it out. It's a choose-your-own-adventure fancy story that he wrote. Um, and man, I, I've never, I've never seen this fo- this this format or I guess YouTube be used in this way, utilized in this way. And I, I think it's brilliant. I think it's absolutely brilliant. So uh, kudos to you, man. That Thanks, was man. Uh, it was it was really really cool. And I was like, wow, what a great idea! Thanks. What an absolutely great idea. So please go check that out. Uh, Alex Gelhart, give me a daily dap. Uh, two, two quick ones. Uh, okay. First, daily dap to Sam Shepard, actor and playwright. He passed away uh, this morning what? last night. Yep. Uh, he was he played Chuck Yeager in the movie The Right Stuff, which if you if you've oh, never yeah. seen is uh. a phenomenal movie because it's all about. That Mercury 7 team, which was like John Glenn, Chuck Yeager, all these guys, some of the first guys to go into space, and yeah. just their total, like, cavalier, badass, like, risk-everything kind of attitude about advancing, you know, America and the space program and stuff. It's a really America! great movie. But Sam Shepard's been in a ton of other great stuff. He was in Bloodline. I haven't watched Bloodline. He was in Black Hawk Down. And he was a um, a playwright. He won the Pulitzer Prize in the late 70s for one of his oh, plays. So uh, a great talent and somebody who's probably underappreciated in the this day and age of people who haven't watched as many old films. So go check out his stuff. And then uh, Daily Dap number two is a book I'm reading. I think I might have shouted it out a while ago, so I was just starting it, but I'm almost done now. And it's just such a fascinating and, like, heart-wrenching uh, book. It's called Evicted by Matt Desmond. And it, what it does is it uh, it's a real life, it's real, it's nonfiction. And uh, this like Harvard professor um, followed along kind of like eight different people in uh, the inner city of Milwaukee um, at varying different like levels of poverty and just talked about how hard it is for those people in the housing market and the system and its its successes and failures and things like that. So it follows a woman who owns a bunch of properties follows a couple impoverished families, some people that live in trailer parks and stuff like that. And it is just a, it's a brutal, really enlightening read on something that, you know, not, not many of us uh, like know a ton about our experience and just how the system works and where its success and failures are. So I would encourage everybody to go read it. It's a really, really good book. There you go. Uh, I'll give a daily daps out to uh, John Jones. Uh, spoiler alert. 
Maybe I should have said spoiler before I said John Jones. You never know because it, it could have been his last fight had he lost. You could have said going out with a heroic loss and like pulling a pulling, pulling a Rocky like from Rocky One. Like, do we really have to start? It's a live sporting. Ah, event. that's true. That's true. Uh, Game of Thrones is the, almost a live sporting event. Yeah. The only reason I say that is because I myself never watch these fights live. I have to watch them delayed. I usually watch them the next day. And that's what happened with this fight. Um, anyway, saw it last night. But, uh, but yeah, man, it was, um, wow, what a performance uh, by John Jones. And um, a, lot of, uh, a lot of pressure was riding on his shoulders. But holy good God, he has been away from the octagon forever. And he came in and fought one of the best UFC fighters of all time. Of course. And dismantled him. Crushed him. Crush. And it was crazy too because the, the the broadcast team was trying to build up DC like, hey, he's 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 losing these rounds, but you know he he's 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 in the fight, and I'm like, yeah, but he's losing these rounds, <laughs> and then he got absolutely crushed by John, and uh, and and then afterwards too, I love the fact that John Jones called out Brock Lesnar. Oh, that yeah. is a fight. <laughs> Hello, give me that fight. Doesn't uh, John Jones have two brothers in the NFL? He does. Arthur Jones and Chandler, and Chandler they, Jones. All three of them went to high school in the town where I'm from, Binghamton High School in upstate New York. That's right. Oh, that's, that's exactly right. Home of the Rumble Ponies, right? The Rumble Ponies. The Rumble Ponies. Yes. Correct. That's, the that's minor your high school mascot? Team. No, no, no. I no went the minor to, league ball. ball I went to Vestal High School, which is like a town outside of Binghamton. Okay. So there you go. Binghamton was like one of our rivals. Uh, but John you Jones, went to the ri- you went to the rival high school outside of your city. What's up? You, you went to the rival high school outside no. of your city. No. Yes. <laughs> it's hard to explain. What it's in- explain <laughs> Binghamton High School was a rival to Vestal High School, which is where I went. But you were from Binghamton. Binghamton. I'm from Binghamton. another town called Appalachian. There you go. I was getting all too confused. I know. That's now. what I. That's why I, I said it's going to know. <laughs> but it was trying to get some dirt. It was like it's not. It was working. kind it's of a, a claim to fame in the local newspaper. The 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 Jones brothers. We're going to. Uh, we're going to have to. We're have to settle this on our next podcast, which is all about the upstate New York school system. Well, right. no, that, <laughs> that kind of stuff. I didn't happened. mean for it to go down that road. Well, no, if you have an open district, because uh, Toby Gerhardt, uh-huh. former Jag, actually lived in Corona, but went to. Norca, which would have been a rival to a couple of the Corona schools. And you didn't appreciate that? I didn't care. He wasn't that good. We beat him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. Heisman candidate wasn't that good, apparently. Okay. Uh, Alex Gilhar, give Wait, me. Wait, I already gave you him. mine. Oh, sorry. We need to go to franchise. I, we beat him. That's why. Okay. See, franchise. Unimpressed. My daily dap is going to go to, I have two. Uh, one, my Game of Thrones Fantasy League. I am currently in second place. Oh, hell yeah. And all hell my other buddies who'd like to brag about how much yeah. more they know about the show than me. Okay. Yeah, we'll suck yeah. it because I'm beating you. <laughs> and two. He drafted old lady Minerva. And two, on Friday afternoon, I was alerted there was a suspect in a crime in, I believe, San Diego <laughs> County somewhere. On the I was alerted to this police sketch of this suspect who looks exactly <laughs> like me. <laughs> and the San Diego sheriff tweeted this out. And said, have you seen this person? And I said, I better get inside as soon as possible because if the cops see me, they're going to arrest me. I called the cops. I said, I got him. Apparently, I followed up. There was an arrest made in the case. But how much does that look like me? It's me. Turn it to the the Facebook live camera. Isn't that a famous meme of the guy? Look at that. 
There's an NBC4 guy. Oh, my. Oh, Lord. ABC. Uh, ABC7. No, ABC uh, Mark yeah. Brown. Mark Brown. It was Mark Brown. Was that a joke? Was that. Did that. I don't know. Uh, I don't the, know. The, the, the meme is, is Mark Brown reporting, and the, the the police sketch is right over his shoulder. It looks yeah. exactly like oh, wow. That I don't know dude. if there's any validity to that Mark Brown. Right. But this Bro. one is spot on. This one's spot on. That dude, it's me. But it's <laughs> like they got a photo of me, and then. But here's the thing. New profile pic. No way. <laughs> yes. This is a criminal. Yes. Hashtag new profile. Yes. It's like the some of your fantasy pics are criminal. <laughs> it's like yes. It's like the sketch of the uh, leprechaun in that. YouTube yeah, the amateur thing. sketch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except this actually looks like. I'm not gonna make a fo- a drawing of a criminal. My profile. What? Pic. Yes. Oh, yes, you should. He's in custody. You're what fine. What are you talking about? We'll, we'll debate. Everybody, I don't think in. about it. Everybody tweet it. Everybody Matt and tweet tell him to make it his new uh, profile picture. Pic. But if you considered for franchises league, you have to weigh in on this one way or the other. I like it. Okay, All right. Adam Rank, close us out. I'm gonna adapt a young man named Fergus Chan, who is from Hong Kong. Okay, who traveled to this country to play in a tennis tournament in Long Beach, mm-hmm. and he lost, and was like, "Oh well, I got a lot of time to kill now," and he went up and started going to Angel Games. And has become a huge fan. And then a couple of weeks ago, actually, I think it was last week, the last homestand, uh, Trout piped a home run that he caught. And, you know, he, like, his expression, like, he was so excited, just pure joy. And so the Angels sought him out. Like, who is this guy? Like, he's sitting by himself, and he's just, you know, like, very enthusiastic about the Angels. And it, and he's this young man who's going to be going to college in the fall in Great Britain and so for the last couple of weeks, he's been traveling, just watching the Angels. He went to Cleveland, saw him there, went to Toronto. And on Sunday, he was throwing batting practice and was fielding, you know. Wow. All that stuff. Yeah, That's like cool. a real cool story. And everybody is um, uh, following him on Twitter now. His Twitter handle is super, I don't even, it's at C-E-R-T-E-K-K-S. If you're an Angels fan, you should follow him because, you know, he's part of the family now. And so uh, I think that's cool, you know. Uh, to see baseball kind of growing with a little bit of an international. But, you know, it is a, a global game. Oh, for sure. It draws fans from around the world, so that's one of the neat things about it. So I appreciated watching him, although I did tell him, I'm like, bro, you can never uh, go on the field again because that loss on Sunday was absolutely <laughs> horrific. <But> he was. <laughs> it all comes back. But he was actually, uh, yeah, he was actually one of the ones who uh, – <laughs> Made me feel better about life. He's like, "Hey guys, we had a we had a tough loss, but encourage these guys. We took the series." I'm like, "You little son of a gun! Yes, you're right. I will be <laughs> fine, fine, fine. We'll flush it and move forward and see okay. if we can't get back into the race." Um, and I know everybody. I think it's. Uh, Daft Dunkirk at some point. Yeah, not me. Over the last, well, <laughs> you have your work cut out for you on Thursday. Good. So Perfect. Over the next couple of days, go see. It. I did see it. Um, I don't particularly like war movies, mm-hmm. uh, but my niece really wanted to see it, and I was like, Listen, "Really? Like, she loves it." Yeah. Oh, okay. She wanted to see it really bad. You know, it's funny. Like, if you've seen Dunkirk, it's about spoil. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a true story. So I'm not spoiling anything. It's about a bunch of people drowning. My niece almost drowned a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, why did you want to go see this movie? <laughs> I was just like, how are you recovered enough? And I'm like, I'm sorry. that She's like, I knew what the movie was about. I still wanted to go see it and everything. I'm fine. Like, it doesn't matter. But it was really well done. I'm actually surprised because uh, I went to Rotten Tomatoes or one of those to see. Like, okay. I can't believe how well-reviewed it is because it's a great movie. Yeah. But – Christopher Nolan doesn't hold your hand through it because there's not a lot of emphasis on uh, 
It's not a lot of dialogue. Dialogue. Yeah. Not a lot of dialogue. Oh, really? You really have to be invested in paying attention to understand what's going on. Okay. And if I know anything about movie audiences, that's not what they're about. No. They don't like that at all. That's true. So I'm surprised. So I guess the critics liked it. I, I, okay. Maybe the general audiences don't, but it was really well done. I would never see it again, but it was really well done. <laughs> I just don't like war movies. I was jumpy the whole time. Uh-huh. Like anytime there's fire. It or, keeps you at an edge of seat. Yeah, I'm like not comfortable, but uh, it was good. I All was right. uh, thought that was well done. All right, there you go. So that's the show. We got the Hall of Fame. Here. Wow, that's Daily Daps. Never mind that. <laughs> How about we actually sign off with the music? Hall of Fame game on Thursday. You can catch our podcast before the game starts. We'll see you then for MG, my guy Marcus Grant, for Alex Gelhar, Matt Franciscovich, and the Fantasy Maverick, Adam Rank. I'm James Coe. We're out. See you later. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.